needy people on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. All of us are in relationships with people who require a little extra energy. I remember earlier in my Christian life, I heard these people called EGRs, or extra grace required. Regardless of what label you put on these people, we are all in relationships with people that require more energy, that require more time, that require more of us than someone than, than someone else for whom we might find it easier to be with. And we are talking about how to respond to those people on the podcast. Uh, the Bible actually gives us so much instruction about how to be in relationships with these kinds of people who are a little more needy than the other folks we might spend time with. There is actually a category in Scripture, a, a group of Bible passages that some people call the one another passages. They are passages that teach us how to live in community together, how to be in relationship with one another. One of those passages, of the very many passages in the Bible, would be a passage like 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, where we're commanded to serve one another. These passages, the one another passages in general, and a passage like 1 Peter 4.10, where we're commanded to serve one another in particular, teach us a number of things about being in relationship with people. First of all, they teach us humility. It's easy to talk about being in relationship with people who are needy and come at it from an exalted, prideful, arrogant standpoint. A passage like 1 Peter 4.10, where we're commanded to serve one another, teaches us that neediness is common property of every member of the body of Christ. That is, we are all needy people. I am needy, and so are you. When the Bible commands us to serve one another, uh, it means that sometimes I am serving you, and sometimes you are serving me. That is because we all have a need to be served. At some point, we're all needy. But the reverse is also true, that meeting needs is spread across the body as well. Uh, the the commandment to serve one another doesn't just teach that we're all needy. It teaches that we all have a responsibility to serve other people. One of the ways that I have pictured these one another passages is the idea of a merry-go-round. When I was a little boy, uh, during recess at my grade school, there was a merry-go-round among all the other playground equipment. And the way a merry-go-round works is everybody sits on the merry-go-round, and some people are standing and and pushing the merry-go-round in a circle. A merry-go-round works and is fun as long as someone is pushing it. But the same person can't push it all the time because the merry-go-round goes too fast and the people pushing it get tired. And so what happens uh, when a merry-go-round is working really well is that sometimes you're pushing the merry-go-round and sometimes you are enjoying being pushed on the merry-go-round. That's the way life in the church is supposed to work when we're living life in community. Sometimes, in the First Peter 4 sense, I am being served. I'm seated on the merry-go-round. Sometimes I am serving you. I'm pushing the merry-go-round. 
life works best, life functions at all in a community of believers when we understand it's our responsibility to take turns. If anybody ever gets it in their mind that they're only going to serve, only going to push, they are going to burn out real quick. If anybody ever gets it in their mind that they're just going to sit and be twirled, Uh, and that's all, then they are going to burn others out very quickly. And so we need to remember this kind of idea when we're thinking about being in relationship with needy people. At some point, all of us are going to be needy, and that makes us humble as we think about dealing with needy people. At some point, we're all going to be required to serve needy people, and that inspires us to action. And so when we think about this biblical idea of one anothering, and when we think about living in relationship with needy people in a context of a community of believers where we will all be needy at some point or another, what do we do when we're thinking about people who seem to be a little more needy or more demanding than the rest of us? And what I want to do is talk about several different commitments that we need to have to needy people. The first is that we need to love needy people. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible says that we are to love one another. The command to love one another is a command that goes to every member of the body of Christ and impacts every member of the body of Christ. That is to say that when I read Romans 12, that I'm commanded to love one another, I have to look at everybody in my body of believers, and I am commanded to love every single one of them. I'm not allowed to look at the more complicated, the more difficult, the more needy people in my congregation and decide not to love them, decide to decide that I'm not going to have a heart full of care for them. The first thing we need to do is repent when we are tempted to have a spirit of frustration and anger towards needy people. And remember that the Bible commands us to love one another, to love everybody, even needy people. A second commitment that we need to have is to serve needy people. I talked about 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 that says to serve one another. Another passage that's very similar to that is Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 that says to bear one another's burdens. It's an absolutely fascinating passage in the Bible, and it teaches that my brother's burdens are my responsibility. The burdens that you are required to carry are not yours to carry alone, but also belong to your brothers and sisters in Christ. This means we can't look at people who are a little more needy, a little more demanding in relationship and say, I am not going to be involved with that person because Jesus Christ says the burdens they're carrying are your burdens to carry as well. And so that doesn't mean that we will do every single thing that we're asked. It doesn't mean that I won't have to prioritize other obligations that I have to Jesus first, to my family second, and that I won't have to prioritize other responsibilities and demands within the body of Christ. But it does mean that I'm not allowed to say it is not my responsibility to help that person. I've got to figure out what my responsibility is to them. A third commitment is to be patient with needy people. Another one another passage is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, and it says to bear with one another, to endure with one another. One of the great temptations with needy people is to be frustrated, is to get 
angry, uh, maybe to pop off at them. When the Bible says that we are supposed to bear with one another, it means that at the very least we are to be patient with one another, that I need to have a heart full of compassion to endure with you in your neediness, even in your demandingness. A fourth and final commitment that we'll talk about with regard to needy people and the one anothering passages is the commitment to instruct needy people. In Romans chapter 15, verse 14, the Bible teaches us to instruct one another. In fact, one of the ways that we might need to bear the burdens of a needy person and to help them is to tell them the truth about what's going on. Uh, we need to do this with a heart full of compassion, with a heart full of patience that avoids the kind of frustration and anger that I was just talking about. But one of the ways God might be calling us to serve needy people is to having been patient with them, having loved them, having served them in meaningful ways, to say, hey, I want you to know, I think you are asking too much of me in this relationship. I think you're being too demanding of me in my time. I don't think you are considering how you ought to love me or other people in our congregation. To use that analogy of the merry-go-round, we'd want to look for ways to communicate that you're spending all of your time seated on the merry-go-round and asking everybody else to exhaust themselves spinning it around, and that's not right. And what we can do is point them to the hope and the joy of service. When we do that, we're pointing them to the hope and the joy of Christ, who says that it's better to give than to receive. Regardless of which of those four commitments we find ourselves fulfilling to needy people in the moment, we cannot ignore this reality. There are going to be needy people in our churches. They're going to be needy people in our communities. And God calls us to press into them and to love them. And he calls us to do it knowing that sooner or later, we might be the needy person that needs help as well. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. As we talk about the responsibility we all have to minister to needy people on the podcast this week, it's appropriate that I would talk to you about our annual pre-conference that happens every year before our biblical counseling conference. This year, our pre-conference, like the annual conference, is going to happen in Dallas, Texas. Our annual conference this year on biblical counseling and abuse is completely sold out. But there still are seats available in Dallas for the pre-conference on 1 John. It is all about how we are to love one another in the body of Christ. I can't think of a better topic or a better way to spend your time if you're trying to think about how to care for needy people. So I want to invite you to be there for that conference. If you have questions about how to get tickets or about how to be more involved in the ministry of ACBC, you can find us at biblicalcounseling.com.